a cup of coffee with my with my mom. Did you see my windsock, mom? My very professional windsock from my microphone? No, I didn't. Let's see. Here, let me show you what's going on. It's been making Chuck crazy because my peas pop sometimes. They're very plosive. This is typically what comes with the mic, right? So you put this on the mic to avoid oh. those those problematic peas, right? Oh, come like on. That. Right. But that still wasn't enough. Preposterously, it still pops. And Chuck, being a pedant, points it out predictably. Mm. So what I did was I took my actual sock like this. He literally took it off his foot, Peggy. <laughs> Oh, Not kidding. poor boy. Yeah. He's got one sock on. I've yeah. seen those. <laughs> I was on CNN the other night, or maybe it was Fox. What's the difference anymore, right? And uh, <laughs> somebody in the booth was doing like this mic check, and they're like, is that a, is that a, is that a sock on your microphone? <laughs> said, damn skippy it is. No peas popping here. Should I get a sock? No, no. No, you're good. You're doing great. Put some pantyhose on it. <laughs> I don't wear pantyhose anymore. When'd you stop? I don't know. When I stopped wearing dresses and skirts, because when you're wearing slacks, you can just wear the um, the half hose that come up to your knees. Mm-hmm. Oh, you wouldn't know about that. Do they give support those hose? I mean, is that why you wear um, them? Like the no, not the short ones. But you can get pantyhose that are support hose, and they're very difficult to pull on because there's a lot of resistance. You know, you have to really pull. And I have these arthritic hands, so it's difficult for me. I would have to have help. That's why Dad's there, standing by. That's why. <laughs> I had to bite my tongue through that whole thing about the hose and what they're giving and blah, blah, blah. Oh, so. oh really? Okay. Yeah, so... Well, he's thinking hose, like those dirty hoes, H-O apostrophe S, slang for no, prostitutes. No, not Chuck. Uh, yes, not me. I'm not saying he no. uses them. I'm just saying that's what he was thinking of. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> I can't believe we got not even a, two minutes in and we're talking about my mother pulling up her pantyhose with her arthritic fingers. Yes. Well, I mean, there are support hose that you buy as support hose and they... They really are compression stockings, but I'm not sure you just use half ones. Although I have, I've seen men here at the home wearing white compression stockings. They're so attractive. Men love the hose. They love yeah. to use they the love hose. Those. Yeah. No, look, you'll laugh. I actually have some. Some sock company called like Thorax, I think. I really think they're called Thorax, which sounds like a... A character in a Dr. Seuss book. Now, that's a Lorax. Yes. But I think they're called Thorax, right? They just, out of the blue, sent me socks. And they're like hiking socks, and there's some short ankle, like, you know, running socks, I guess. But they also have these very comfortable socks that come up right to the top of my knee. And they're thick, and they're tight. And I put them on the other day. And, you know, I'm walking around the neighborhood here, taking my normal walk. But now I got a, a ruck a rucksack that I put 30 pounds in and it's really changed my whole workout mom and it makes my feet hurt because like dads they're flat right so I put on these socks and man they really did change everything but on the downside you really look like a goober walking around with white socks <laughs> did you have short pants on I did I did oh Michael I hope nobody took your picture 
But you are in your 60s and you are old enough to live here at the home. That line got a really funny laugh when I was speaking um, at the awards ceremony. Oh, they call that a humble brag, Mom, but nice the way you just shoveled that in there ever so effortlessly. When I was speaking to my people recently. When I won this award, uh, the people were very... No, I wasn't winning an award. I casually mentioned, you know. Can you see my Emmy okay, Mom, from where you're... Oh, Oh, Michael, why don't you put a sock over it, hon? (laughs) You should tie a ribbon around it or something because it really blends in with the background. Well, it is gross, but I put a Microworks trailer hitch on top of it. So I figured that... That kind of takes the piss out of it a little bit, right? You know? Now, you be proud of that, hon. All right. I will be. Thank you. One day I will be proud of Miami. Right now, I'm simply proud of my mommy. Oh, isn't that nice? I've never won any awards, ever. Well, Uh, you're a three time best selling author. Look, it's up there on my wall where I can see your New first York book. New York Times best-selling author. Yes, yeah. What true. are you talking about? Oh, and that's wonderful, and that's enough. But I don't have a statue, you know. All right. Well, hold on. Let me make a note. Mom needs a statue. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll I her. don't. We'll get you one. I don't need a statue. So go ahead. There you were speaking to the beloved masses, <laughs> and you got a laugh. What'd you say? Well, it was just a few hundred people at the scholarship ceremony. You know, our waiter, we might have talked about this in the last podcast, our wait staff are students, high school Mm -hmm. students, Mm -hmm. and they get a very nice scholarship at the end of three or four years here. So they have a ceremony at the end of the year and people speak. And I was one of the speakers and uh, my goal was to make them laugh. There were 33 of them, and they were just sitting very quietly and seriously. So I did. I I made them laugh. But one of the things I said was that 61 years ago, my husband and I had our first son. And I like to remind him from time to time now that he is old enough to move here into the Mm -hmm. home. And everybody laughed. And then I said, but he's not really interested yet. (laughs) That's true. I mean, I love coming for a visit, but no, I'm not right up. I'm just not ready for hatchet throwing season, perpetual bocce ball, pool tournaments (laughs) round the clock and pickleball and whatever else you're doing over there. Mm -hmm. Chair volleyball. Yeah. Oh, Jeanette, how's she doing? (laughs) You know, I think I'll go back and play with them again. I only played with them that one time, but somebody invited me just yesterday and they play on Monday evening, so I might go back on Monday and see how they're doing. <laughs> they were fun people. I got so many notes after you told that story months ago. Did you? Yeah, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, at the home where my folks live, there's a sweet old lady named Jeanette who was playing chair volleyball. Except she wasn't really playing because she just <laughs> she's very old and she just sat in the chair and you know, every now and then a beach ball would ricochet off of her and go over the net and she would laugh and people would clap. And I think the visual just filled people with delight. And, <laughs> you know, they love those stories. Well, I think some people might have felt that it was elder abuse, but it wasn't. Well, sure. Because the alternative would be that Jeanette is sitting in her room, maybe yeah. looking out the window or just... Just and no one's hitting her with a giant ball. That's you know? right. No, elder abuse is like it's a soccer ball or a basketball. <laughs> right. You know, or a softball. A, or a softball. That's rough. It's a beach ball. 
Yeah. No, it isn't even a beach ball. It's between a beach ball and a balloon. It's that light, really. Wow. You could, with one finger, you could punch it back. So when it hit her in the back of the head, it was like somebody just tapping her, you know, in the head. Really, the smile on her face said it all. She might not have known the rules or exactly what she was playing, but she knew that everybody was looking at her with appreciation and applauding her efforts, and it was fun. Oh, God. All right, well, let's, uh, let's just forge boldly into, into what we like to call new content. What is new? How was your week? I actually haven't talked to you in real life at length in, in a few days. Sorry about that. Well, something pleasant happened this morning. For Dad's 90th birthday back in November, you might recall that you presented him with, I don't even know what it's called. It's a picture frame, and it's electronic, and you plug it in, and oh, it's your family yeah. sends you pictures, and they come up on the screen. Well, Dad and I put it on the shelf back in November, and we never did set it up because I did pick up the directions one day, and I said, ugh. And I put it back on the shelf. Well, one of our nice employees here today uh, came up today. And you must have mentioned it in a previous podcast that you had given us one of those things. Well, I yeah. just got one. You did? Finally, and hooked it up. Well, they're, I mean, shameless plug, but they're sponsoring the podcast now. So I got one, and I hooked it up. We're basically talking about a digital picture frame, which is not a new thing, but this, I think, is like the state-of-the-art one. So I took hundreds of photos off of my phone, and you know they just cycle through. You can do it like every 15 or 30 or 45 or 60 seconds or whatever. So, I mean, they really look like prints, you know? So it's nice. You got this frame, and it just changes mm -hmm. every couple seconds or whenever you well, want it to. Well, nobody has sent me any pictures yet, so I'm waiting. I well, sent you just hooked it up like a minute ago. Give it a, you know, you can take the pictures off your phone, off dad's phone, right? Anybody can interact I sent an with invite it. to everybody in our immediate family. Well, I'm sure somebody will get back to you. I hope so, because there's only one picture on there. It's a pretty, pretty flower that's, on there right now. That's the saddest thing in the world, to have a digital picture frame that can accommodate literally thousands <laughs> of photos, and you only have one. I know. But like you say, it's just, well, it actually has been a couple of hours. I think it's unlimited. I'm still getting used to mine, but I think it, like, it uses the cloud. Right. So it's just it does. And as I as many pictures as you want to put in. It. And I think I have the option. I can delete pictures, you know, that I'm tired of looking at that I've seen a lot can delete them. Oh, I'm anxious to see what happens. You know, if we're going to do shameless plugs, I want to get your opinion on something. We have another sponsor that just signed on called Manscaped. Have you heard of them before? Manscaped. Yes. Yeah. No. Here, let me no. show you this thing. This is what I see, right? I open the box. I just got this the other day. That's what they hit you with right out of the gate. <laughs> Can you read that? No, I can't. Oh. Your. Here, let me get a, a little closer. Can you read it now? Your. Will thank you. Your balls will thank you. Your balls <laughs> right. will thank you. Your balls oh, it, will so, thank you. So what do you put in there? Like bocce balls or? No, mom. No. Good this guess, a, though. Very good this guess. This is a whole, it's a series of trimmers 
designed for men who wish to improve the uh, landscape of their topiary reality. Like you got a nose. Oh, for goodness. Oh, <laughs> like my. for your nose hair, for your ear hair. Yeah. You got this thing. Uh, they call it a lawnmower. And they've got. Um, Which is for unwanted body hair. Unwanted okay. body hair. That's right. the way to say it. Gotcha. You, you got shave, something you called know, a crop preserver and um, ball deodorant. I'm not making it up. This is like, these are special clippers designed specifically for men who want to shave their testicles, which apparently is like a thing now. How did we get here? I hadn't heard, hon. It's coffee with mom. They don't talk about it here at the home. I haven't heard about it. Well, let's change it. Let's change it right now, because honestly, I don't know what to do. I know you listen to this podcast. Hell, you're on this podcast. And if you listen to other podcasts, like there are hundreds of hosts out there right now talking with remarkable candor and in a lot of detail about the various benefits of shaving their scrotums. And this entire package here comes with all sorts of different things to make that experience more efficacious, I suppose, right? Less likely to nick yourself, right? So it's a much uh, safer way to get the hair off of your testicles. My question is, how can I talk about this in a way that would... I don't want to offend you or anybody else who's listening, but the basic product is Too designed. Late. Yeah, to it's shave a little your... late on. Okay. I say uh, your audience is elsewhere. If somebody likes to have me on the podcast, then they're not going to enjoy hearing about that. That's just my opinion. I don't know. I mean, I think people trust you. I think people trust dad. I'm, we actually, hang on a second. I think I got you know, as you age, Unwanted hair on the face does become a problem, and you do have hair growing out of your ears and on the top of your ears and out of your nose and around your eyebrows. Well, that's what I'm telling you. I've used the nose trimmer in both the nose and the ear, and it works great. Oh, These well, that's other things, nice. This other thing, oh, okay. this lawnmower 4.0, I'm going to try it, but I don't know to what extent, you know, like, it's an awkward thing to endorse when you know your mother is listening. Is exactly. And you know what? You don't have to tell me the results. Um, you can keep it to yourself. Can I send you one of these? And you I can thought give you were going to send me a picture on my new frame. <laughs> no, thank you, hon. <laughs> can you imagine if that just showed up and Mike is manscaping? <laughs> a video, maybe. No. Oh, God. No. A before and after. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Recognize these, Mom? Well, 60 years ago, they looked a lot more like these. <laughs> oh, shame on you. Shame on you. I, and sorry. I was going to talk about the Memorial Day concert, but <laughs> well, well, we can get I lost to that. my incentive. <laughs> Look, they got a light on it, right? So you, you really can get, do it in can, the dark. Well, no, but when you, <laughs> you wake up I, in the middle of the night and say, oh, I forgot to. <laughs> I'm thinking, but when you, when you're down there, so it's, look, I mean, p guys are making, like, designs on their abdomen on. and oh, all through their hair. You mean, like, They're putting, body like, sculpture. tigers. 
Yes, they're using body sculpture with this thing. They're making all sorts of interesting designs below the belt. Some are going full on and like really trimming everything, just gone. And others are using some <laughs> sort of artistic. What you're doing with a, first of all, turn it off and get it away from the microphone <laughs> because yes, you've already please. hit it. <laughs> but you know what? No peas are popping. Thanks to my handy dandy. Anyway, um, Ugh. what if I just. What if you just put that? Dad, offer a testimonial if I send it? <laughs> what if you just put that away and we moved yeah, on to something? That's what I was going to say. Just <laughs> put that over to the side. <laughs> no, don't send it to hey your man, father. Just for grins, you, Chuck, what's the offer? Where do people go to get one of these things? Let's just turn this into a commercial. It will come with a manual. It does come with a manual. It, it actually comes with like all sorts of stuff. Okay. Look at this, Mom. You get a case that says Manscaped that you can put all these things in. It's like an awesome traveling thing. Oh, but yeah. because They send, They have a whole newspaper. I got to send this to Dad. He's going to love this. Look at Michael. Look. His priorities are elsewhere, honey. Yeah. Nowadays, we're talking about billiard balls that's the only kind of balls your dad's interested in seeing clearly <laughs> and the bocce right the bocce oh my god bocce the balls bocce balls and billiard balls yeah the bocce oh balls god. and the billiard yeah. balls yeah this is it <laughs> i'm gonna send you this mom here i gotta make my screen bigger i can see what i'm looking at here balls. this is yeah, it'll be bigger when it's made into a video. So, well, good. Well, I can't see it now. Yeah, this is all. Uh, I mean, what will Dad do if I send him this whole kit along with these instructions, along with this newspaper? A, will he appreciate it? B, will he use it? And C, if he uses it, will he come on the podcast to talk about <laughs> the impact? of a freshly shaved area. No, 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 and no. <laughs> okay. Honey, he's 90 years old. His priorities lie elsewhere. But what about the ear and nose thing? He well, yeah, you could send that little one, that little apparatus for the ears, the tops uh -huh. of the ears, and the clippers for the eyebrows. Sure, sure. It's all in one box. It's no big deal. I'll just send the whole works. You get the weed whacker. You get the lawnmower. You get everything. <laughs> By all means, send it. The delivery guy will enjoy bringing it, I'm sure. Mm. Anyhow. And then the word, the word will be out. <laughs> oh, God, that did get a little weird. Dude. All right, what else you got? I say... It's funny. I'm so careful. I have to be so careful about what I say. I don't want to offend anybody when I do my twice weekly post on social media. I am so super careful not to offend anybody. Why? And living where I live, you know, I have to be careful. People are starting to approach me and ask me about my new book because the word is out that I'm I'm doing another book. Mm -hmm. about life at the home, tales from the home. Yeah. And they're interested in, you know, are they going to be in it? And will I 
need oh. their picture or will I use their name? And, and I say, oh, no, I'm going to be, everybody's going to be very anonymous. I'm not going to take pictures of people and, or use their real names because I, you can so easily offend people, you know. You don't, for instance, on Wednesday nights and Friday nights, there's music in the lounges that now there are lounges outside of each dining room. So we girls are playing um, Rummy Cube or Five Crowns or Phase Ten. We're playing games in the library, which is right next to the place where they dance. And so I can look out the door and, and watch them dance. And there's a man who has a limp and he dances in circles. Well, would that be offensive? Because of the limp? Oh, yeah. He has, a, he has a bad limp. It's hard for him to walk, and he dances around in circles because of his limp. Now, would you find that offensive, Mike, if that were you? And you walked with a limp? Is he, uh, <clears throat> is he manscaped? I, I don't know. No. I will never know. I, I will. I mean, look, never no, know. you can't use his real name, and you know, I don't think you can photograph these people. I mean, if look, Absolutely if you could, not. I mean, the cover would be Jeanette playing chair volleyball with that beach ball thing, just ricocheting off her head and everybody clapping, right? But you can't do that. So you're going to have to. I don't know where the line is, but a man dancing in circles because he has a limp. Yeah, it's he hears yeah, the music and he hears the beat. You know, but he's not fully um, mobile, hmm. but he can dance, but he dances in little circles. I don't you think know, I'll include that because that could be, it could sound like I'm making fun of him. But look, you've got, I mean, so he's probably what, mid, late 80s, early 90s, something like hmm. that? Yeah, something like that. So he's out there. He's still Yeah, doing and it. he's enjoying himself. Right. Who cares if you're going in circles? Well, maybe the lady he's dancing with. (laughs) But I guess she doesn't mind. Oh, my God. I heard something the other day that was so funny. And I I was down at the medical center. (laughs) And there was a... This is a great start. I know. I can't remember why I was there. Oh, I had an appointment with a podiatrist. And there was a couple there. And... Somebody asked him, one of the texts asked the guy, did you bring a stool sample and a urine sample? And his wife looked at him and she said, you didn't tell me. They told, He said, oh, I forgot. And they said, well, you'll have to come back, you know, tomorrow because we really do need that. Mm-hmm. And on the way out, I heard his wife say to him, you could just give him your underpants. <laughs> <laughs> And they both laughed. So, you know, they thought it was funny. So that's going in the book. That's definitely going in the book. I kind of thought it was funny. Mm, that yeah. could be a good chapter title. Certainly a good title for this episode, Chuck. Write that down. You could give them your underpants with Peggy yes. Rowe. You know, I narrated a, uh, a show once for, I guess it was Discovery. Might have been Nat Geo about um, the wildebeest and, you know, the great migrations and stuff. And there's this thing called a turning sickness. It reminded me you're... Oh, yes, I've seen that. I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, this is not a happy story, but some bug gets into the nose of the wildebeest and crawls all the way up 
through the nasal cavity, behind the eye, and ultimately into the brain. And as it burrows oh into the brain, the animal just starts turning in circles. And it just turns in circles until it either drops or something eats it. It's very hard to, you know, as a, as a prey animal, uh, the inability to run in a straight line will almost certainly, you know, impact your total days on Earth. I wonder if the animal who eats him will suffer from that disease also. No, they just get dizzy. They just get dizzy. <laughs> I did see that. I guess I watched it. I usually watch what you do. Hmm? Yeah. Have you been watching this? Oh, God. What a tragedy, oh. this whole this summary yeah. thing. Oh, my yeah. golly. It was, I mean, people here are talking about it all the time. And, you know, well, oh, it's just, yeah, it really is sad. Um, I mean, it's terrifying. There's no other word for it. Well, I don't know if I told you, but, you know, I was supposed to go down to the Titanic in 2000. It would have been 2004 or five with James Cameron, not in that crazy submersible. He had a better one, a bigger. He's been down there 33 times. You know who James Cameron is? I don't. James Cameron directed the Titanic, the film. He's also directed Avatar and a thousand other things. Terminator. Okay. He's a big deal in Hollywood. And when I was trying to get, when I was trying to figure out what my life was going to be like with Discovery, we we had done Deadliest Catch and we had done Dirty Jobs and we had done some other things. I'd gone. Remember, I went to uh, Africa to do that thing with the mummies. Remember? Oh yes. And, Right. With, so with Dr. Hawass. Yes. Zahi Hawass. Yeah. We were basically tomb raiding outside of Cairo in a place called Bawiti, the sands of the dead. Anyway, nobody knew quite what to do with me because Dirty Jobs was off brand and we didn't know if Deadliest Catch was going to have a host or a narrator. So I was just doing these adventures. And the next one on the books was this dive to the Titanic with James Cameron and a small group of people to basically do this thing, you know, to explore it, to visit it. And I was all in. It was a go. We were going to fly to, I guess, Nova Scotia, and then we were going to take a boat out to the site, and then there would be this submersible, and it was going to be me and Jim Cameron and three or four other people, and we were going to the Titanic. And, um, I mean, it's not much of a story because they went without me, obviously. I, uh, they decided Dirty Jobs was going to be a thing after all. And suddenly I was living on the road doing that, and some other guy went in my place. Anyway, James Cameron has been down there like 33 times, and he's been all over the press saying that this, uh, uh, you know, this is just a hell of a thing. You know, Josh Gates, I just saw, Chuck, I don't know if you noticed this, but Josh has a show called, uh, mm -hmm. what the heck is it called? I forget what it's called, but he's out there, you know, going on adventures every week. He's been doing it forever. And uh, he turned down a ride in this very submersible for wow. safety issues. He was invited to go and said, no, thanks. But there are a lot of other submersibles out there that are worthy, seaworthy enough to go down there and mm -hmm. they can withstand all that pressure. Wonder why this one couldn't. You know. I think we're going to learn a lot of stuff in the next week or two. In fact, by the time this airs, we'll probably have answers to all of that. But right now, it's kind of sickening, you know, the way people are just so, 
I don't know. I mean, the lack of sympathy because these people were wealthy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, right. really? the lack of. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you got Stockton. I haven't seen that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it cost $250,000 yeah. to get a seat on this thing. And I think virtually everybody aboard was a billionaire. So, you know, it's easy to hate a billionaire. One of the guys, the guy who ran the company, I believe, was called Stockton Rush. And he was very famous right here outside of San Francisco. Stockton Street was named for him. Benjamin Rush, of course, signed the Declaration of Independence. He comes from that family. And so, no, there's just very little, like, sympathy or kindness in social media right now. It's like, ah, they they had it coming. What in the world would they go there for? And um, that's a shame, I think, because, you know, the spirit of adventure is really something that is, it's wonderful. Personally, I wouldn't go, but I'm glad other people do. I'm glad other people are curious enough to assume that level of risk. Would you go? Mm. Would I go? Oh, Chuck. Uh, oh, I'm very no, I'm cautious. Mike. I'm your son, Mike. Chuck's Chuck, Chuck over, over there in the glasses. I know, but I thought Chuck said to me, would you go? I thought he was no, talking to me. that was me, Mike Rowe, your first oh. son. Your son. Oh, would your I? Son. That's, that's me. Michael. That's me. Would I get in that little vessel and go down <laughs> no. 12,000 feet? Honey, <laughs> I, I go out on the balcony and I hyperventilate when I look down, and I'm only three stories up. No, I'm not a risk taker. Oh, bull crap. You know what? How many times have you hopped on a horse that could run 28, 32 miles an hour and just ridden like a demon through Gardens of Faith Cemetery or through the woods? How many? You were a tomboy. You were up to your neck in risk pulling on your support pantyhose before your fingers were all arthritic and whatnot. (laughs) No, I was never, I never was a risk taker. I mean, I didn't, yeah, I got on horses and I rode and, but I was younger and no, I would never do. You know, the only, not, and it was not a good thing, but the only thing that could make you feel sort of good is that they decided they probably died quickly. They didn't, you know, it wasn't many hours of suffering. It imploded Mm. and they probably, but you can only hope. I mean, I can't imagine being in that little, they said it was the size of a minivan and spending yeah. a couple of days in there knowing your end. Mm. No. The last thing I read, they said that according to the Navy, and again, this will probably be obsolete by the time people listen to this, but it was an implosion. It happened days before, right? So when they were talking about, oh, they're running out of air, according to the Navy, it's yeah. like, no, there, there was no air to run out over. of. Yeah, yeah, it was over and it would have been over fast. But I got to tell you, you know, it's just Chuck and I have talked a lot about this in various settings before. But this whole notion, like the premature burial, to mm. me, is the single most terrifying thing that there is. And when I when I started reading about this, I immediately I had a little freak out years ago in southern Australia. Remember the going into the opal mines? Oh, you know, when, yeah. When you're lowered down that shaft and you're 60 feet down in a tube the size of a basically a manhole and you're looking up and the earth is touching your shoulders and you're just the sky is just the tiniest little blue dot that feeling yeah 
that's off the list for me. I uh, yeah, you said you didn't enjoy that, and I was hoping you'd bring me a souvenir from the opal yeah. mine, but yeah. no, no, I get owl pellets. Yeah, no. Well, the only souvenir were in my semen. Uh, in my underpants. <laughs> to bring it back to that, I did no, send I you owl pellets, and I and did send you horse semen. You're right. What you sent me some has... nice stuff. <laughs> And you sent me something from Egypt, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. A nice sculpture. You know, Mike, talking about, but what was that term you used about dying prematurely or premature? Uh, premature burials. premature burials, yeah. Oh, my. I came across a couple the other day, and they were talking about this, and then they're always holding hands. They're younger than we are, and they... They obviously love each other a lot, and they said that they were so happy here. I asked them how they felt about being here. And they came in just a couple of years ago, I think, and they said they're very happy here, and they really feel sorry for the people who are alone here, the widows and the widowers who are alone. And she said, I I just can't imagine what it would be like to come in and make that adjustment alone, you know, by yourself. And I said, well, I agree. My husband and I agree. And I said, but you do realize that one of us is going to outlive the other. And he said, really? We don't have to. And then they told me about this story that they had just previously read about a couple who took a cruise. And they jumped off the back of the ship. Come on. Off the back of the boat. Yeah, they jumped off of the back and killed them, you know, committed suicide together. Well, I hope they did it on the last day of the cruise. I, that that's what I said. I said, otherwise. do you know it's a total buzz when during the cruise they did that? To... <laughs> did they yeah. eat all their meals first? Did they, <laughs> did they see some good shows before they went? I hope so. I, I hope, hope so, so, too. That's a terrible story. It is a terrible story. It's not a happy story, is it? But there is something so, um, I mean, it's Romeo and Juliet. It's, uh, I mean, isn't it odd? God, I hate talking to you about this, but you brought it up. I mean, isn't it odd how often one will die and the other will follow shortly there? there, I know so many cases. I know three cases. Um, Yeah. My friend Anne, her dad died and two weeks later her mother died. And they were in their 90s. it happens. I think, well, there are, you can speculate as to the reason, but I mean, one reason might be that you're just heartbroken mm, and sure. don't want to go on alone. And the other reason is you're so exhausted from caring for the one who's been sick for so long that, yeah. you know, you're spent, you know, there's nothing left. Let me ask you something. It's kind of a serious question, since we're talking about death and suicide and premature burials. Um, You uh, and and, and people actually ask me this question about you a lot. And the only time I think we've ever really talked about it was when I I read a story you wrote years ago about (laughs) your command performances at funerals, which have been coming fast and furious now for for years. You've attended so many. 
you're constantly asked to speak at these funerals and to make to help people to make them laugh at a funeral. And and I just remember you saying the first time it happened, it seemed like an absolutely uh, doomed, impossible task. But you did it. And it not only worked, it worked in a big way. And now you you've been to so many funerals and you always find a way to find something humorous, something warm and real, you know, some way to help people through it. How, what's the secret? I only speak at funerals of people that I knew well, and the family will ask me, you were such a good friend, would you say a few words? And then I do that. Well, because I'm a lighthearted person, and in my life, there's a lot of laughter, a lot of pleasure. And that person experienced some of those good, those good experiences with me, the laughter. So I would usually tell a story about something that happened to us together, you know, that brought us joy or laughter. It's not hard. At first, I thought it would be, but it really isn't. And people there want to be uplifted. You know, they're not sure. They haven't come to cry. They would like to remember something good about this, you know, about this person. And I I even spoke at a funeral for somebody that I didn't have a lot of respect for <laughs> um, because he had been unfaithful mm-hmm. and he wasn't a great husband and his wife was a good friend. Anyway... He had been a good friend to us, though, and he had visited us in the hospital whenever we had had surgeries and so forth. He always came to see us. If one of us was sick at the house, he brought a pot of soup. His wife made it, of course. He would bring us a pot of soup. Um, When my parents died, he came to the funeral home and he cried with us. So he was a good friend to us. And so I was able to to draw those good experiences from his life because his children were there and his children loved him. Well, that's your special gift. They knew he was less than perfect, but they still loved him. And I, I could never say anything negative about, you know, somebody. Well, look, I know exactly who you're talking about. And I do remember that funeral as well. That was, that was a different challenge. You know, challenge A is how do you make heartbroken, grief-stricken people laugh and mm. smile through their pain? Challenge B is really, to me, the more interesting thing. How do you eulogize a schmuck, right? How can you find something good and decent to say about somebody who you don't really respect? And that that's you. That's actually the A column. That's your gift. We had neighbors growing up. I won't mention any names. And I remember very vividly you working so hard to, to show my brothers and me what was good about them when there was really nothing obvious to say that was good at all. It's weird that you're like that, but it's nice. Well, I think I got that from, my, from your grandfather. From my father. Yeah. That's it. that's just how he was. Carl you know, Noble. He always saw talking about Carl saw Noble. The good, oh I God. and he always saw the good in people. He sure did. 
He Noble sure did, Mom. <laughs> Noblespirits.com. Boy, you know what? We have shamelessly hawked damn near everything. That's terrible. We've got, we've got Diggs, our official sponsor. They're awesome. Where are you? What are you doing? You know, you have to speak into the microphone, right? Yeah, I know. I was saying, we got Diggs, our official sponsor. We have Aura Picture Frames. Which mom now has, which she's using. Oh, okay. Great. So yours is an Aura too. I know there are other brands, yeah, yeah. but this is supposed to be a really good one. And yeah, yeah. It's great. Oh, this put that thing away, Michael Rowe. This is coming to you and Dad, and I fully you know expect what? an honest review. If I had only had that when I had horses, I think it would be a good <laughs> horse clipper or even a dog. Why you should clip Freddie. In the hot oh, summer Oh, you mean just time? like all over? No, no. This is specifically designed. No, I, it for will the most clip sensitive parts on a man. I'm just okay. saying. I mean, you're right. You could use it anywhere. But I just wanted to. Are, are you pouring some noble right now? I'm just going to have a very. We've just had a, a nice conversation. My mom, unscripted, invoked the name of her dad, Carl Noble, whose name is now on a, a bottle of amazingly good Tennessee whiskey, the proceeds of which when purchased online, benefit the MicroWorks Foundation. I don't think it's rude or out of character to raise a, a glass, a glass with a K on it, no less, to my pop. I know it's coffee with mom, and that's probably... What, what do you have there, Chuck? Gin. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck. No, it's water. It's water. Mm. <laughs> Whose fan is going right now? Mine just started. Mm. Mm. The ice must have melted. Well, that's our cue to wrap things up. Mom, for those of you who don't know, has taken two Bibles, which is what she does now, to get the computer elevated and then puts a block of ice under it. And uh, that ice keeps the fan from kicking on, but now it's not working. So the fan is moving, and I'm drinking Noble Tennessee whiskey and I'm about to send a Manscaped package to my dad, John Rowe, for his honest review. And Let us I'm, pray. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to have something to talk about next time we do this. I'll have my new orthotics when we talk the next time. I'll let you know how they work. Well, I have yeah. arthritis in my feet, and some days walking normally is difficult. I kind of hobble along. I would dance in circles probably. <laughs> um, I walk on one heel and one foot. So... Hopefully, um, you know, it comes and goes. Today I'm fine. But after I get those orthotics with um, arch supports. Hmm. I, you know what? I should look into them, too. My feet yes, have never should. been flatter. I mean, they've always don't, been flat. Well, don't just buy them off the shelf. Go to a real foot doctor and get a mold of your foot so that it's made especially for you. Custom made. All right. I'll do it. Well, let me know how yours work. You don't have to wait till we record a conversation. Call me when you got them. Okay. You know. I picked them up on the 29th. All right. Great. All right. Anything else you want to share before we sign off? No, things are good here. I'd love to chat, but I have some pictures I need to stare at. All right. <laughs> yeah. We'll All keep right. an eye oh, out. We did for get a... new windows. Did I tell you we got new windows? No. Unbelievable. In our apartment, we got Three big windows, brand new, white on the inside, beautiful. It just stained took... glass. No, it's clear glass, so we can 
see out and the sun can come in. And I'll tell you, those men who installed these windows, they are amazing. They are all business. Boy, it's a science. They did it. They came in at 8 o'clock. And at 2 o'clock, they were finished. Took out the old windows, put in the new windows, washed everything down, and two doors, a screen door and a regular door. They're really nice. What do they call those guys? They're the glaziers? That's They're glass the makers. They're window guys. Yeah, oh. window guys. You got a we guy call them the window thing. guys, but I'm sure they have a different name. Yeah, I mean, they could be, gla- they could be glaziers, too. No. Glaciers there are, are a lot are of people around here. Sure. Yeah. They're window installers. Who are skilled workers. A mm-hmm. lot of skilled workers here at the home. They're everywhere. They're in the hallways pushing carts and making repairs. You know, this is a big place. So I know. You know I'm kind of into the whole skilled labor thing, Mom. There's a whole foundation dedicated to your dad around this exact thing. I have heard such and people here have heard about it too. And I'm used to being stopped in the hallway and, you know, people say, oh, I love your son. I love your son. I love his message. Um, I watch everything he does and blah, 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 blah. And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know I'm a writer? Somebody asked me the other day if you still have rolls of Viva paper towels in the trunk that you autograph from time to time. (laughs) And I didn't know what to tell them. No. No, but, I mean, if Viva wants to talk, you can give him my number. You know what? We should call him. People should know this, too. And we're still trying to figure out what to do, but you just finished recording your second book about your father, right, and other celebrities I have known. And that hasn't been made available anywhere yet. So I think we're going to put it up on the uh, on the podcast platform again. And the forward to that one, which I really like, if I don't say so myself, is all about. It's a good one. It's about you guys on that Viva shoot. Viva yeah, Paper Towels should sponsor the damn book. Chuck, make a call, would you? Yeah. We got the right picture frames. We got the Manscaped. We got Diggs right now. And of course, we got Noble Tennessee whiskey. That's enough to more than sponsor your, the audio version of your book. But I'd love to get Viva. Yeah, on board. well, because Dad and I are available to do another commercial. They were fun to do, <laughs> as long as they come to Baltimore. And just think about how clean. No, no, we're not <laughs> thinking about it. Please, please take it away. Yes, leave Put that it away. image your mom in my mind. Your was very clear about this. Say goodbye, and let's get on with our day. Your balls will thank you, everyone, and so will my mother. I love you, Mom. I'll call you later. All right. Have a good day, guys. All right. Adios. Bye, Peggy. Here's to the guys who advertise and subsidize the podcast that I do. They spend their dough, and you should know before you go. That's why it's free for you, because it's free. I hope you see and then agree their bottom should be kissed. Without the guys who advertise, this show would not exist. There's no podcast without a sponsor. Thank them for paying the freight. Please don't fast forward through their commercials, even ones that you hate. 
podcast without a sponsor. Thank them for paying the freight. Please don't fast forward through their commercials. Even the ones you hate. That's right, gentle listener. Truer words were never spoken. There would be no podcast without our amazing sponsors. And this month we had ButcherBox, Field of Greens, Aura Frames, ZipRecruiter, American Giant, NetSuite, Article, Hillsdale College, Manscaped, and Diggs. Thanks to one and all. And friends, please like, subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with a friend or an acquaintance or a total stranger. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.